Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about diversity in children's literature. And to do that, I have brought on Monique Dupree. Hello, Monique. Hi. How are you? Nice to have you here. I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Yeah. um, It's, you know, it's a... wild time um for all of us um but i really appreciate you reaching out to me and then taking time to um to be on the podcast and talk about this super important issue yes yes yeah um so before we talk about diversity in children's literature let's hear a little bit about your nanny journey your background as a nanny sure um so I became a nanny in about around right after high school, and uh, I did it in my on my summer vacations, and um, then I moved to Washington D.C. and I became a live-in nanny, um, and I loved it so much <laughs> that I ended up coming back home to Chicago, and I was a full-time nanny. Um, in Chicago and I've been doing it ever since. So, and that's, it's been about 20 years now. Wow. That's wonderful. And, um, you're, you're not still a full time or a live in, right? No, I'm not a live in anymore. No, but but that helped you fall in love with it. That's so cool. What a, I love hearing people's nanny journeys because I just think they're so fascinating. Uh, cause I think, for me, live-in might have actually turned me away from nanny. <laughs> but oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It depends on the family. It depends on where I was in my life. But um, I just, I, I think that's so great and interesting. And that, uh, <laughs> what, what a lucky thing to have you back in Chicago nannying. Yes, yes, I love Chicago. <laughs> me too, me too. And this weekend's been beautiful. Um, So let's get into diversity in children's books. So how is diversity represented in children's literature at the moment? Um, I would say there's a wide range um, that represent diversity. So aside from the history and the culture, 
um, that showcase diversity. Um, I would say that there is fiction with characters of color. For example, Monster Trouble by Lane Fredrickson features a young girl as the lead character. And the book does not necessarily focus on race, but I think it's awesome that we have books where children of color can see um, kids that look like them. I think that's so important. Yes, I completely agree. Is that, is that, I've never heard of that book. So thank you for bringing it up. Is it, um, what age range is that for? I would definitely say range, uh, maybe two to, to five. Okay. Two to five. Yeah. And I, I think you brought up a really important point when you said that it's not a book that's like focused on race, because I, I agree with you that while books that are focused on race certainly are important as well, it's important to have representation that's just about characters living their lives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so great. So how is diversity not represented in children's <laughs> literature? Okay. So I would say for too long, the majority of children's books, um, are portrayed in film, uh, showcasing white European characters. Um, And most American children are obsessed with Disney princesses, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Including my daughter, who is African-American. So, um, and yet up to the last 20 years, they've all been Caucasian. Um, And their stories only consist of Caucasians and animals, um, animal characters. So just about every children's book without diversity are predominantly displayed while their diverse counterparts are limited to just a shelf, small shelf in the back of the bookstore. (laughs) And I think that everything that's been happening recently in race relations, um, we're beginning to see a shift and more people want to know more about inclusion. And that's a great thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. So I found infographics that I'll post on um, Instagram and Facebook Mm -hmm. um, on Chronicles of Nania. But yeah, so in 2015, these were the stats um, of children's books, diversity in children's books in 2015. 73.3% of characters in children's books were white. 12.5% were animals or trucks or et cetera, like not human. Right. Um, So 12.5%. And then 7.6% were African or African-American. 3.3% were Asian uh, Pacifics, Asian Pacific Americans. 2.4% 2.4% were Latinx and uh, yeah. 0.9% were American Indian or First Nation. So that was 2015. Then they did the same study again in 2018. And in that, as compared to 2015, it went from 73.3% white to 50% white. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, the animals or trucks went from 12.5% to 27%. Okay. So that went up. 
uh, African American went up from 7.6 to 10%. Um, Asian Pacific went from 3.3 to 7%. Latinx went from 2.4 to 5%. And American Indian or First Nation went from 0.9 to a full percent. So progress is being made. Yes, it is. Um, but it's still 50% white, and then a lot of the progress was uh, almost all, it seems like, actually, like, almost all of the progress went from being about white characters to being about animals or other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that that's a little frustrating. Um, so it both gives us a map of, like, the fact that we are on the right track, but... Um, not we have not gone far enough <laughs> yeah yeah. I, yeah I see that for sure yeah and it, it's also really interesting that you brought up about you know the one shelf in the back of the bookstore that's meant for specifically like diversity so it's like the majority of the books are um are white centered and considered the quote-unquote normal books and then the diverse books, you know, are off. And they, I read about a study that they did that that is a really, really true. So how we present these books to our kids is almost more important than whether or not they have access to them. So when we're bringing books into a nanny home, not talking about... <laughs> these are our diverse books. Like we're studying diversity, but just bringing them in like you would literally any other book. Right. Um, which yeah. I thought was really interesting. Um, so speaking of when you're building your nanny library, mm -hmm. um, which if you don't have one and you're listening, I highly encourage you to start uh, building a nanny library because when I first go to a new home, my nanny library is like, my best friend because <laughs> I just bring a new book every time and I find kids uh I, I went over kids really quickly through story um so when you're building your nanny library and you want it to be inclusive and actively anti-racist yeah what what books uh should nannies be looking for and, and what about those books should they look for to include so um these books should definitely come from a wide range of genres. Um, diversity is not just about race, um, but also expressed in gender, family relations, lifestyle, and other themes. I would suggest that if, you ch if your charge likes books about science, try to find books about science with characters of color. Mm. And if you're studying about historical figures for every, for, you know, historical figures, um, for every Abe Lincoln book, there's a Barack Obama book, right? right, right. <laughs> and yeah. for every Einstein book, there's a Katherine Johnson book, right? So, yeah. you know, try to build your child's library just like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point of like, a little bit of extra research on our end can make a huge difference yes. in the lives of our kids of just like, I don't have to get the first book that pulls up when I type in 
children's books about history, you know, like, cause a lot of that is going to be white centered. Um, so yeah, just thinking just about to have a wide range of all, um, nationalities. I think that's important for, I do too. for kids to see that. I do too. And, and I, I think that a lot of the lists that I've seen going around involve, um, books that are specifically about about race instead of including books that are just people living their lives that are of all <laughs> oh yes i talk about that all the time i do <laughs> yeah and so i do think that there's a little extra work that you have to do to find these books that are excellent books yeah. <laughs> that just include more um more diversity yeah of all kinds of of um you know kids in wheelchairs or uh neurodivergent kids or mm -hmm. um all of it like all any it. yeah kids that live in ice and snow versus kids <laughs> that live at the beach you know like including all of it is, is really important. It is very, very important. And kids yeah. eat it up, you know, like every time I bring in a new book, like they're not all hits, right? But every time I bring in a new book, that's at least like 10, 20 minutes of exploring that book. Yeah, and kids are so curious and they ask questions, um, you know, that's a great way to talk about race is just to get an everyday children's fiction book with people of color and if they're not used to seeing a person that looks like that it it you can create a conversation that way you you really can yeah and and i agree i think that storytelling is one of our best weapons against hate i think um i mean they, there have been studies that show that people who read more are more empathetic um, and so, um, or empathic, not empathetic, empathic. Um, and so are there, are there any stories, particularly in kids' books that help children understand their world from an anti-racist viewpoint? Yes. Okay. So Amazing Grace by Mary Hoffman. Are you familiar with that book? I'm not. I love oh, it's this. a great book. So Grace is a highly imaginative child and she who loves the same things as a black child of any other, any other child. Mm -hmm. uh, but when she wants to be Peter Pan in a school performance, she is shunned by her classmates yes. because she's black and she's not a boy. That's, that's a great book. I love that book. That and it's, it's so a pretty good. old book too. Um, Don't Touch My Hair by Cherie Miller. Have you heard of that one? It's a yes. Great book. yes. This book came out at a time where there was a national discussion about appropriation and how black women and girls are having people touch their hair without permission. Mm. So, you know, that's a conversation too. Yeah. And Woke Baby by Mahogany L. Brown. What I loved about this book is that it answers the questions at what age is it appropriate to begin talking to my child about race? Mm. And it's a baby board book, right? Yeah. You yeah. start from the very beginning. So yeah. it's so important. Um, 
to read to your baby. You can read to your baby while they're still in the womb, you know, and then you read to them when they're out and have people of color in their children's books. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love woke baby. That's one that. So, you know, encourage, um, so you should encourage the parents should encourage their nannies and a nanny should encourage the parents to read these books. Mm-hmm. Um, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, we sometimes forget the power of just bringing in a book into the home, right? Because I've brought in dozens of books, both from the library pre-COVID and um, and then also from my library. And I never know what's going to be a hit, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and so I think just bringing in lots of books and then just seeing, seeing what speaks to your kid at any given point. And I, I do think that the library is a really good resource for this of like, let's bring in a bunch of different books with lots of different viewpoints and, and diversity and things. And then from there, we can see which ones the kid really likes. And then those you could buy for like more permanent I agree. I go to the library with all of my charges yeah. all through all the years. And sometimes we would have the wagon and have tons of books in the wagon and the kids that's would be walking alongside the wagon. Yes. That's such a dream. I love it. I love, I love the too. library. <laughs> Me too. Um, are there recommendations of uh, books that you love that aren't necessarily about anti-racist viewpoint, but are more just good, diverse stories? Oh, yes. Okay. So have you ever read um, The Day, The Summer Nick Taught His Cats to Read? No. Sounds great, though. It is the cutest book. It is adorable. It's funny. I th- kids love funny books, they right? Do. Yes. I think that's important. Um, so, Sun by Allison Oliver. That's a beautiful book. The illustrations are gorgeous. Um, is it spelled S O N or S U N? S U N. And um, it's she has another book called Moon. Mm. And I believe. Moon is a little um, Latino girl, and Sun is a black boy. Mm. It's a beautiful book. Those are some of my favorite books. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love that. Um, I just ordered Hair Love. Oh, we have that book. Isn't that great? It's so good. I just wanted to throw out one that I love too. Um, and yeah, I just ordered it. Um, from semicolon. Uh, oh, good. You bought from semicolon. Yes. Yes, I did. And I just wanted to give that shout out because if you're in Chicago, buy from semicolon. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And so I think that, and there's, you know, there's hundreds of others. And so if you are listening and you're like, oh, Martha and Monique, I have a book suggestion, email it in or post it, um, like send it to me on any of the social media. I don't check Twitter as often, but um, Instagram and Facebook, I'm pretty good at checking. Uh, So if you have suggestions, send them in because I would love to know. And I'll also um, 
maybe make a list of and on my Instagram page. I showcase children's books every single day of, of, <gasps> that showcase diversity and inclusion. Every day I post one. Yay. Um, yes. And where can, where can our listeners find that? At Nanny Miss Monique. Nanny Miss Monique. Love it. Um, I, I also will be following you right after this. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that work that you're doing. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that will be in the show notes for anyone that is listening and not able to write things down. Do not worry. There will be a link to uh, Monique's Instagram in the show notes. Wonderful. So what are some ways that nannies can talk to their nanny parents about including more diverse books in their home? Because that can be, it can feel like an uncomfortable conversation. conversation. Yes. Well, I think the way that conversations begin is by letting the parents know the importance of inclusion and diversity for their child and how it can benefit them as a family. Right? So I read somewhere once that books can be windows. Have you heard this? Yeah. Books can be windows and books can be mirrors. As mirrors, they help children see their reflection in a vast number of ways, helping them understand their self-worth and help them and show them how special they truly are. Um, and as windows, they allow children and parents to get a glimpse inside of how other families identify with the world. And sometimes uh, they will see similarities and sometimes they'll see differences and that's important for them to see. So yeah. um, windows and mirrors. <laughs> I love that. I love that um, as a, as a way into that conversation of like, uh, you know, like we have a lot of, mirror books in the house right now let's get some more window books or vice versa if there isn't if it if it's not actually reflecting the child's uh very much then saying like hey like we have a lot of window books they can see a lot of other worlds but they're not really seeing their own world reflected let's let's fill yeah. that gap in and it is it's so important i mean we we all know um the importance of just literature being in a home. Um, but adding on that diversity element. And like I said, I, I do really mean diversity in like every sense of that word of like, do you have mostly poetry in your house versus prose? Do you have almost exclusively picture books? Um, yes. Which for younger children, it is probably going to be mostly picture books. But um yeah, just like what are all the different things that you have in your house um, and looking for ways that you can fill in those gaps. And ultimately as a nanny, um, talking to a parent, encouraging to get more books about diversity, we are using children's fiction to broaden their child's perception of the world around them. So when they go to school and they make friends, it helps them appreciate their interactions with other children who have different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, that's really important. <laughs> it is, it is. And it, it's also teaching that empathy piece that is so yes. important it's and so important that like study after study has shown that having empathy as a child is one of the most important skills that they can have. And that can be developed 
pretty much from birth or even pre-birth, like just, and, and storytelling, I think is one of the best ways to develop that empathy muscle. It is. Storytelling definitely helps that for sure. Yeah. Um, wonderful. And then also just if you're listening and you're like, okay, Martha and Monique, that sounds good. I'm still feeling uncomfortable about this conversation. I would encourage you to go listen to the episode called Talking with Kids About Race um, that was posted a while back because that has some more tools for how to start those types of conversations if you're mm-hmm. not already having them. Um, because I, I, I do know that it, it can feel scary, but I encourage you to see that the world is changing and, uh, and answer that call with bravery and knowing how important it is to advocate for your kids to be exposed to more diversity. Yes, I totally agree. Um, Yeah. So what are some ways to support Black-owned businesses while we're shopping for all these book recommendations? Okay. So Google is your friend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In whatever city you're in, look for the Black-owned bookstores online or physical location and talk to the owners. So when you see a book on Amazon or these big online realtors, make a conscious decision to find out if one of these books is at your local indie black bookstore, Mm. right? And support that business. And the best way to support them is with your dollar. So. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So Um, there there are far more black owned bookstores than there ever has been before all over the country. Right here in Chicago, we have Keto and Semicolon, which you were just talking about. Yes. And, um, there's Sister Uptown in New York City, Isawan Books in LA, uh, Mahogany Books in Washington, D.C., just to name a few. And we are seeing many storefronts affected by COVID, mm-hmm. and they're affected by the looting now. Mm-hmm. So this is a critical time for Black-owned businesses and bookstores. Yeah. And we need to be a nationwide global community supporting these stores more than ever right now. Yes, we really do. And it's, it's like two extra dollars (laughs) a lot of the time, you know, like it's, it's not that much more money to help support a local one local bookshop that's helping support your community and two, a black owned bookshop it's not that much more expensive to do that. And the return rate on what you will see in your community from supporting these local businesses is so much higher than the $2 that you're paying extra for a book. And also because of COVID, I think that even if you can't find, like in your city, you can't find a black owned bookshop. I think that they will be able to mail you from some of the ones that you just listed. So maybe, you know, if you're in North Carolina, the Washington DC bookshop might be able to easily like send you the books. 
yeah, call them up, check to see if they have a website online and you can just order from them online. Yeah. There's so, also um, bookshop.org. It'll be in the show notes because I, hmm. I'm not sure if it's .com or .org. Um, but they uh, help hook you up with local um, local bookshop.org. Yeah. Yeah, it is bookshop.org. Um, so they, they will help you find a local bookshop, um, not necessarily black owned, but that's a good jumping off place to be like, these are my local bookshops. Now I can investigate those. And there's this, you can also do a book box. I love book boxes or these subscription boxes. This is so cool, right? So there's some called, there's one called just like me. Um, and you can get a subscription box with children's books, black children's books. Um, that's great. Woke Baby in UK. That's another great one. And Wham Book Box, which stands for Windows and Mirrors. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So um, if you know if it's too hard for you to kind of pick something out, and they'll do it for you, and you'll get a box of books every month. That's amazing. I love that idea too, because some like decision fatigue is real, right? Of like, Oh yes. (laughs) Of like, I can't, I just can't choose anymore. Um, and so I, I love that, that you could buy that for your nanny kid for their birthday and then they're getting books every month or whatever, you know, for a while, while that subscription runs. Yes. And especially this time right now, it's hard to, you know, go to your bookstore if they're open. Right. You're just going to get it in the mail every month. That's, it's a lot easier. It is. And you might discover a new book that you never would have otherwise because they're curated specifically to be kind of off the beaten path. I've given them away as gifts and I mean, everyone has loved them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the dream, right? Having books just mailed to your house every month. That is yes. the dream. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, wonderful. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or highlight for listeners? Yes. So I want everyone to learn this easy way to start picking up books featuring diversity inclusion. Ask your child what they're interested in (laughs) or what they would like to read. Maybe it's construction or ballet or just funny laugh out loud stories. I know so many kids who just want a funny book. Kids love to laugh, right? (laughs) So whatever it is, take them to the library and ask your librarian if they have books with these subjects that feature characters of color. Your Mm -hmm. librarian knows everything. They really do. The librarian is your best friend. He or she is there to be your resource in tracking down these books. And if it's not there, they will tell you where it is or how they can get it for you. They really will. I just ordered some books um, from the Chicago Public Library um, on Monday because they opened up Monday for yes. the first time. So we were there on Monday and they didn't, I had a long list, list of books I wanted and she ordered them for me. Um, so I'll be back to pick them up next week. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've got I've got an order coming in next week as well that I'm so excited about. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I also um I I do think that using the library as a resource to discover new things, if you are feeling that decision fatigue, they can help a lot because that they're experts and they, you know, just going to the library and saying, like, I'm looking for yeah, a book about construction yes. that, inc that includes characters of other of color of other races besides white uh what what you got for me and uh and they will help you so much they <laughs> help me all the time like how many little boys want construction books right oh. <laughs> or little girls yeah yeah so many um I wanted to say one more book recommendation um, because this book in particular does a great job uh, addressing a lot of issues that don't get discussed in books. So this is for ages 15 and up. So this is not, you know, for little, little kids. Little but, kids. Um, but if you're like a house manager or you're buying presents for nanny kids who have, have grown up, but you're still in touch with, um, Little and Lion by Brandy Colbert is so very good. It, um, touches on mental health and, mm -hmm. um, institutionalized mental health. Um, it touches on bisexuality, it touches on race, it touches on uh, so many things. And the way that she writes about teenagers is so respectful. Like the world that she creates is very grounded and felt very real to me as a former high school teacher versus sometimes I feel like when adults write about teenagers, it's condescending or if they're talking about, you know, issues that they're trying to highlight the writing can be so performative around those and this yeah. is this is not about any of those things in particular it's not preachy it's just about a world of two siblings where one is a ginger and one is black and like <laughs> they are step siblings and they're you know finding their way and they're really good friends um, and it's oh, I love that. I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, it's a it's a very good story, in my opinion. Um, and I devoured that book. So I just wanted to throw that out for if you're listening, and you're like, okay, well, my nanny kids are <laughs> older, older, what do I do? Um, I think that that is a very good book. And I, I would recommend it. Um, very cool. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't think so. Um, this has been great. This is awesome. Yes, I have enjoyed having this conversation so much with you. Um, and I, I do encourage anyone listening that uh, this is just a jumping off place. So find those lists. I post a lot of them on Chronicles of Nania, but also Monique is posting every day a book recommendation. So don't let this be the end of your journey in finding more diverse books. Um, your library should never be done. Never. 
<laughs> you should always be adding to it and 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 or going to the library to seek out new books for yourself and for your kids um because i really do believe i mean i was an english teacher but i really do believe that books like can save the world like the more we read and explore and and right now we can't go physically explore a lot and so the more we can explore with our imaginations about the world the better the world will be i totally agree that's such a beautiful statement i agree thanks um well wonderful well we end each episode with a cute or funny story and monique has brought one yes um so i have a three-year-old daughter and I was a nanny at the time that I got pregnant. My mom boss and I needed to have a meeting with each other. I wanted to tell her that I was pregnant. And she says, I have something to tell you too. We both told each other that we were pregnant <laughs> at the same time. Um, my mom boss is Caucasian and I'm African-American. So the babies grew up together mm. and I would take them around in the stroller all the time in the double stroller. And people always came up to me and said, are these sisters? Are these sisters? And I would say, no, no. And the older child one day just said, yes, they are sisters. They love each other. They are sisters. <laughs> oh, that, oh. Uh. I'm like tearing up. That's such a beautiful story. Thank you. Yes, they are sisters. Yeah. They, are. they grew up together. They took baths together. They played together, had the same classes. So they're sisters. Yes, they are. And, and developmentally, they literally are. But like just the fact that the older one knew it, knew it without a shadow of a doubt. That's really, she really knew. sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, thank you for sharing that story. Thank you. And thank you for taking time to, to spend with us and, and help us grow and learn. Thank you for having me on your show. You're very it's welcome. So fun. <laughs> thank you for reaching out. And, um, and yeah, we will, um, I will post, uh, about in your Instagram and all of that. Is there, are there other places that listeners can find you? Yes, you can find me at Miss Monique on Facebook, um, uh, at Nanny Miss Monique on Instagram, and at and also on YouTube, Nanny Miss Monique. Wonderful. Yes, go look, go look, Miss Monique up. I love that. <laughs> Um, and those, those links will all be in the show notes too. So do not worry if you're driving. Um, wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you again, Monique. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.